promised you a miracle. Here at Triple M, the program is Get This, back after our Anzac Day sojourn. Mm-hmm. Who's here? It's me, Tony Martin. Tony. You've got your cavalier. <laughs> Sensory deprivation. Mm. The mirrors. Mm. And so she can't tell if it's nighttime or daytime or what time it is. It's like right. being in a casino. Mm. And uh, so she's going to give it one more night. Is she? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Cara. <laughs> you know, the nation thanks you. One more night of Cara's riveting entertainment, we'll all be better off. Now, are they doing that thing of the people in the Big Brother house are watching the White Room on their TV? Uh, yeah, the they are. They are. So that's a Big Brother for them to watch. Why stop there? Why don't have the people in the white room watching someone locked in a cupboard? That's a good idea. Brilliant idea. person locked in the cupboard watching someone locked in a wheat fix room. <laughs> Box. Could just go on forever. And the last person could just be watching Galen. <laughs> just whatever Galen's doing. Just followed. Satellite monitoring. Can you imagine? Imagine he did something like some kind of crime. Yeah. And it was your job to tail him surveillance style. <laughs> you spent all your day in the tanning salon. <laughs> and down the gym. And back to get the highlights. Is he still at your gym? No, I haven't seen him for a while. Come on, where is he? What about the celebrity boxing in the car park that yeah, they were yeah. racing on community television? What happened to that? Didn't happen. Couldn't get a car park. Couldn't get a Not car park big enough to fill field all the people that want to see it. No, no, couldn't. No, he's not there. Right. No, no dice. He's working on something. He's building to something. That's what I, I reckon. So. Like Rocky is just training in a meat locker full of frozen ex-Big Brother housemate cards <laughs> yeah. and mirrors. Pounding the hell out of there. Full of frozen mirrors, just striking poses left and right. They may be frozen carcasses, but they still look hot. So <laughs> true. Uh, what have we missed? What's been going on while we're away? So yeah. this is alone. Um, Sylvester Stallone didn't appear in a Sydney court yesterday. Consequently, it was quite popular. Uh, no, but he has come up with an excuse for allegedly bringing 48 vials of human growth hormone into Australia in February. It was for medical reasons. Exactly. Medical reasons. Yeah. Doctor, I'm a 60-year-old man and I'm supposed to be in a boxing film. What have you got? <laughs> 60 vials. That. I'm doing this new Rambo film under doctor's orders, Your Honour. This letter from Dr. Nick Riviera insists I need to be really, really muscly. Or there's a very real risk I could look like an idiot. Surely that's what it's about. Zymotropin, a human growth hormone that can assist bodybuilders. It's because he's your granddad mm. and he's doing a new Rambo film. Mm. Is that a medical reason? Could you pass that off as a medical reason? Yes. I don't know. It's, they have got his testimony here, but... When the stenographer read it back, all it said was, was the... <laughs> not sure. I don't quite dismiss. That's a shoot. We need to how see... How big does he want to get, though? That's what I mean. He's how, got... how, but like, how monumentous is he going to get? Freak shit out. That's what he does, right? right? Remember Rambo 3? He was like a play. Maybe he's hoping just to be the size of a billboard. So he live, he can just go and stand over, you know, in overpasses... <laughs> 
how sad is this Rambo film going to be? No, I think it's going to be good. But Rocky's all right because that's the whole thing of the film. Yeah. Oh, Granddad's having a box. Yeah, what about Granddad going to get the terrorists in the jungle? I don't think that's going to work. That. That's not going to work as well. Well, why are lazy Australian seniors not getting on the juice and going fighting the war on terror? <laughs> is going to do a remake of Stop All or None Will Shoot and Estelle Getty will be the love interest this time? <laughs> just because he's getting that old. Isn't that the way it's going? I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. 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 Just a terrible mental image. Or my mum will shoot. You know, we get a lot of letters. This is what the get this listeners are like. They're saying, oh, Mooney topics. Why don't you ever talk about how Mr. Mom, when it came out in England, was called Mr. Mum. But in Australia, it was still Mr. Mom. <laughs> Investigate. Let's <laughs> find out. Royal Commission. <laughs> Royal Commission. Stop or mate, was it your mum or your mom? It was mom. Mom, mom yeah. was here. Okay. We can handle it. Mr. Mom was uh, Hulk Hogan, was it not? That's uh, Michael Keaton. That was Michael Keaton. You're thinking of uh, Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny. <laughs> and on the cover, he had a, uh, a breastplate with two <laughs> bottles as breasts. Okay. Hey, come and get it, kids. Yeah. Not creepy at all. Yeah. Mum's got a moustache. He's got the man boobs. He's mm. always flopping up here. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Big story. Mm-hmm. Plenty, don't think it just ends with that load of rubbish. <laughs> There's so much more on offer, so much more bubbling in the Bay Marie. Mm-hmm. Here, get this. <laughs> get this on Triple M around the nation. You're right here. I mean, we just had a three and a half minute song to do that in. Next <laughs> song. Open the floodgates. What's going on, Rick? Are you spiking the soup? <laughs> There's thumbtacks in this. The white dancing continues. Um... Sorry, Tony, I realised in that in that first break, yeah. my brain was just a bit slow. I yeah. spent all day yesterday, I went to football, right. and then I watched The Wire, solid. Oh, which series you up to? One. It's a good show. The best show. What about Bunk? Oh, gosh, Bunk. I love Bunk. That is the guy who has to, he has to stack on a lot more and then play Barry White in the Barry White oh, story. Oh, if you've watched Deadwood and The Sopranos and you think there's nothing else, The Wire is the one to go for. Or if, you mean, if you watch I Shouldn't Be Alive, and think maybe there's actually something good on television. I shouldn't be alive. There's a new show because I shouldn't be alive. It's just <laughs> so many contenders. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that with injuries every week. Um, and what did you say, your football team? Are you in Tony Wilson's football team? Not yet, not yet. Tony Wilson and I are maybe joining a soccer team. Mm. Which would be great. Well, what was the football yesterday? Then? Oh, I went to the football. The oh, answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. The actual, the actual football. Good game. Can't possibly talk about that. <laughs> Not on this program. Are we going somewhere here? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, to go to the animal kingdom. <laughs> what is that? It's an animal enjoying a thick shake. All right, then. <laughs> what animal? I just like to leave an element of mystery for the listeners at home. Okay. Uh, in Belgrade, mm. preparations to sedate as many as 300 horses stabled at Belgrade's racecourse to oh, keep yeah. them calm during a Rolling Stones concert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Serb animal lovers are lobbying to have the gig moved to another venue. The plan has been scuttled after Keith Richards said he just couldn't spare that much train. <laughs> Instead, they've decided to play Daryl Braithwaite's horses. Oh. It's relevant to horses, and it has the sleep-inducing power of three stillnoks. <laughs> That's true. The horses will be painting the stable, and they're sleeping with stillnoks. <laughs> You've been on the knock? I get so much done around the house now that I'm on the knocks. On the knocks. <laughs> so beautiful. It's a time saver. All right. Animal Kingdom, anyone got anything else? 
no, I thought we'd move on to <laughs> Australia's uh, controversial work choices legislation. Yes, we must. And it's a bit of a, does that have a sting? Again. Australia's controversial workplace legislation. There it is. What is that sound? It's our secret sound. What it is, it's Laurie Oak enjoying a milkshake when the camera's on the person he's talking to. <laughs> Whenever they go to the person he's talking to, he just has a milkshake. Really? That's what I've been told. One per thought? It's a really big milkshake. <laughs> Wheel it in. All right. Okay, work choices. Uh, I don't know much about him, but this bloke in Victoria the other day who was sacked for, quote, operational reasons. Exactly. And then replaced by someone willing to do the same job for 25 grand less. He took his case to the Industrial Relations Commission, who ruled in favour of the employer, uh-huh. saying that under our new work choice laws, quote, the question of a valid reason need not be considered when an argument is advanced regarding determination being for operational reasons, unquote. Exactly. But what exactly are these operational reasons? To help us answer that, we have on the line David Balsack from the Industrial Relations Commission. Good morning. Can I ask, what is your actual job down there? I can't say. Why not? Operational reasons. Yeah. What exactly are operational reasons? Well, it's a pretty wide brief, pretty much any reasons, as long as they're connected with the operation of your business. So I wanted to get rid of Richard Martin here. But I have found an orphan in Pakistan who'd be willing to panel the show for a dollar fifty a week in a bowl of dirt. This uh, Pakistani bloke, has he ever done that sort of work before? No, but he does do a very good Mahatma coat. Yeah, it's hardly a valid reason, is it? No. Well, then stack Marsland and hire him. Well, I thought you said I needed a valid reason. No, read that quote again. A valid reason need not be considered when the termination is for an operational reason. So you don't need a valid reason as long as you've got an operational reason. Reason. Well, he's going to do it cheaper, isn't he? Yeah. Make it easier to operate your business. Yeah. Then that's an operational reason. That's a good thing. It doesn't need to be. You're not listening to me. And it's not valid. Right. Okay, this bloke the other day. There was no valid reason for him to be sacked. Thank Christ, if there'd been a valid reason to sack him, they would have to there were operational reasons, which were... In this instance, the company was suffering from, quote, financial difficulties. Well, what were those difficulties? Uh, there was a lot of difficulty trying to get the bloke to do the same job for 25 grand less. Right. I mean, put yourself in the company's shoes. That's incredibly difficult. You've got to convince the bloke his job doesn't exist anymore, even though you're advertising it in the paper the next day. You're saying that's not difficult? No, yes. You've got to keep it all out of the press. Talk about difficult. Very difficult. Make it look like you're not exploiting the legislation. That's Tell the cheaper package to the new bloke. Endless difficulties. Endless financial difficulties. But are these valid reasons? I should bloody well hope not. Valid reasons need not be considered operational reasons. That's what we're looking for. Now, Joe Hockey says he's going to review this case. Well, there's no reason to do that. It sounds like there's lots of reasons. Valid reasons, sure, but they need not be considered. Are there operational reasons? Well, no, because the company's operating far more effectively since they got the cheaper bloke in. So there won't be any review? Well, uh, that depends. Uh-huh. When the election's scheduled for. So the government may fine-tune these laws because of... Operational reasons. David Balsack, it sounds like the Industrial Relations Commission is full of it. Oh, there's no reason to say that. Well, that's why I said it. More in a moment. this around the nation on Triple M Small Town John Mellencamp. Caught up in the Capel photos. We are, of course, oh, experiencing Capel. We're a Cape to work, possibly win a computer. Last day, tomorrow. And what's been the most interesting thing of this is that people have actually entered. 
it's true. We didn't think there would be anyone. There's been hundreds of them, Nikki, and yeah. we, we may run out of T-shirts. I found myself in a restaurant with four people caped up for dinner. When you say capes, you mean... Uh, well, it was towels. Uh, towels? We will accept towels. And tied around the neck. <laughs> Uh, yes, so keep the entries coming in. Uh, there's, oh, look at this. Peter has done a beautiful job. Just him in a cape wandering into Centrelink. Oh, beautiful. That's pretty good. That's, uh, that's nice work. Here we go. Here is uh, Richard. Oh. Ste- not you, oh, Marston. There are yeah, Richards. Yeah. Uh, standing on the corner of Cape Street. Oh, the cape. And doing a bit of a scratch of the head. Yeah, yeah. That's his comedy festival poster for next year. <laughs> <laughs> Looking good. And here we go. Here's someone. See, what they've done is they've tried to go, all right, what are they like? I'm going to play to their taste. Oh, okay. Which is, if you're talking cats, very good idea. Very nice. There is one day left to try and hold your cat down and tie a towel to it and take a photograph. We you will win a prize. And tomorrow we're going to be announcing the winner of the box of set on the show. And you're not going to be here, Ed Cavalier. Listen, Tony. I should point out we're not here next week. We've got next week off. Yeah, but look, I've got, I got stuff now. I've got commitments. What are you right? doing? Nah, look, I don't want to Big note here, but my homeboy Rob Carlton has his sitcom up and about. What? Dan Don standing on the Movie Network channel. <laughs> Wants me for the first step. Wait, wait, wait. Don't, I don't want to oh, keep going on and on about it. You're shooting tomorrow. Yeah, look, I've got rehearsals and shoots and costumes and makeup, and I don't want to keep going on. Geez, Rich, stop bringing it up. <laughs> Can we talk about something else that I'm doing an episode of this great show called Shandong? Can we talk about something else for a minute? What's on the Movie Network channel? Is it Gus? Is it Gus from the KFC? No, it's not. A new character. A new character. Oh, fantastic. I'll be playing David, Rich. David. Okay. No, that's that's fantastic. David (laughs) Walsack. Maybe I'll uh, step over there and... uh, See, 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 this is what he wants. This is what he wants. Sidekicking it to David. <laughs> Watch you out. don't even know who he is and you're already part of the scene. Ready yeah. to do it. Watch out, CFM drive crew. This is the way he just, just on a set of Boy Town, just showed up in a suit. He did. And suddenly was record company executive. <laughs> <laughs> Called Max. Slowly oh, but surely. Slowly but surely. Here's some big news we missed uh, from New Zealand, of course. This will show up on Police 107, this one. A suspicious package which sparked a bomb scare and evacuation of a New Zealand mail centre was later identified as, of course, a harmless sex aid. <laughs> of course it did. One for the dildo squad. <laughs> dildo squad? Huh? Yes. Right, is it, is it vibrating? Uh, no. All right, we'll just send the dildo robot down in case. <laughs> Listen to this. An airport x-ray machine alerted staff about suspicious wiring in the park wow, wow. in China on Tuesday, and it was placed in an explosive state overnight. Gee, <laughs> it could be a bomb. What do you reckon? We just use nah, it's a bit late for that, isn't it? Shoreland Street will be starting. <laughs> One for tomorrow morning, I reckon. Just pop it in the safe. That'll do it. With all the money and jewellery. Um... People, stop sending dildos named The Rocket uh, <laughs> through the post. Hey, you're going to get busted. I'm just thinking it. If you're going to be acting tomorrow, you need to get into shape. Oh, God. Up to speed, acting-wise. I'm quite nervous, Tone. What about a live sketch? Yeah, well... well <laughs> donkey courtroom with such a smash hit. <laughs> oh, the other week. Yeah, see, look, I'm a bit... I'm actually quite nervous, Tone. It was the other one the other day. I couldn't even follow it. What? So was that one we did at the beginning of Talkback? That's right. No, I was given a line. It's a lie. It's a flame and lie. No, that's Donkey Court. That was Donkey Court. Right? Wasn't even you were right in that. There was another confusing moment. What was that? Blocked <laughs> out of the memory. All right. Uh, I blocked up in the story anyway. Confusing. We can't even remember what it was. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Um, where are you going, Tony? I'm going to look up what that confusing schedule is. <laughs> all right. So he's got his little satchel. I need an explanation. He's got his manila folder with all these things in there. So what we're going to do, Rich? 
Yeah. You're in this one. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to cross... Thank you for sounding surprised, mm. even though we tried to rehearse it off air. Uh, Cracking the Chinese market. What the hell was that? That went, that went well. Nikki, have we had a big response? Has the Harbin business community right behind us? Why is Nikki putting a peg on her nose? <laughs> It was baffling radio. Okay. But what's this going to be? Uh, well, we're going to cross now live to the National Youth Broadcaster. Yeah. Big thanks to Phil for four hours of Aussie hip-hop. We've only scratched the surface of the talent there. 1 p.m. on Thursday, you're with the National Broadcaster. Yeah, me, Keith, with you this afternoon. Uh, good day, Keith. Well done. That was great. Oh, oh, thanks, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. Just thanks. wishing well, me well, a... Happy stop, birthday. Stop Bobby. Shut up. That's just Bobby wishing me a happy 37th birthday today here at the National Youth Broadcaster. Yes, still the baby of the station, and don't they let me know it. Uh, on, the, on the radio this afternoon, we've got Block Party coming up, some Aussie hip-hop, and now a new track from the Panda Band. No, 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 before we do that, I've got to tell you that you probably don't know who they are, but I've been a fan of theirs for like three years. I saw them at the Southwest Music Festival in the US, tiny venue, ten of us there. It was just me, Beck, some randoms, and a dude in an awesome ALF t-shirt. What a throwback. Not yet, not yet. Well, that's next here on the National Youth Network, but right now it's time for a fantastic new competition that you can enter. Hey, y'all. You're a 15, 16-year-old new Australian video artist living in a rural town of no more than 2,000 people? Then why not enter New Shop? Simply send us your take on the war in Iraq, head to My Chemical Romance, and you could win a trip <laughs> to Sydney to hear me talk about all the bands I've seen for the last 12 months. New Shop, brought to you by Vidars and the National Youth Radio Network. Now I'm going to play that track, but first, let's catch up with the National Youth Network's movie show. <laughs> You know, we often play Cavaliers, believe it or not. Yes, we do. It's a lot of fun for me and Rich and whoever yeah, else yeah, is here. Yeah. What about the listeners? What about the listeners? They want a bit of that action. And what's this I hear you say? What's that noise there? That's right. That's some CDs I saw you fishing out of the rubbish bin this morning. <laughs> they could be yours. Next. A little bit of hanky panky and. <laughs> Let's get this around the nation on Triple M. In the next hour, Stuart McGill is going to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to have to pretend to know about cricket, am I? No, when I, when I first met him, it uh, was at a cricket game. And yeah. he said, oh, listen, you know, I'm a fan of Tony. He didn't mention me. Uh, and then he said, um, Richard's, trying to be, Richard's been trying to get my job. Uh, the Australian <laughs> cricket team is showing up with the cap. 
and a bat. In a suit. But he said, uh, yeah, I, you know, I said, why don't you come on the show? He said, I'd love to. He said, but I don't really want to talk sport. I said, no problem. Distorted. <laughs> Just try. Because I, I saw him on that thing, uh, Australia's Favourite Movies. He was great on that. You know, his movies. I talk movies. But it's time for a bit of Missy Higgins. Uh, uh, mm, what kind of... Um, I like it when we have Missy Higgins. Well, you know what that means, Rich. Okay. From the stress. From damage. What have you got? What method do we want to use? I've, got, I've got some change, uh, which, I'm, which I'm going to throw at them. And then if that doesn't work, I have a horse. <laughs> so here we go. I have some change, Rich. It's almost pleasurable. <laughs> we'll release the horse. You released the horse. That was an amazing bit of mine there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Actually, that just tickled. Did it? Yeah. I'm just going to have to stick this vacuum cleaner down here. I'm telling you, it's still down, baby. I don't actually feel it. They must be here. All this long. Around the nation on Triple M, it's time to play Cavalier's Believe It. Yeah. To get Talkback Mountain today, we're going to get the yeah. listeners on board. Let's have some Believe It or Not action. <laughs> Someone wrote a letter to a Melbourne paper this week saying, well, Triple M, please have a day without Nickelback. I have not heard Nickelback on Triple M once this year. The, ir- the irony is the only place that Nickelback now gets played is on this very oh, program. This show! So come on, guys. You're going to write a letter. The third time and the last laugh. Oh, that's Turk. Up on his trampoline. Up on his tramp. Up on his trampoline. High horse. All right. Turk and Have we got any of the things? Remember when Ed used to do, because as if it wasn't confusing enough, that we had a segment called Cavalier's Believe It or Not. Ed then had another segment called Ed's Believe It or Not. Really? Yeah. That was when you used to do challenges, remember? Yeah. Have we got any of those things? Okay. Having one lunch. <laughs> to do some actual preparation. <laughs> and Cavalier. I remember I watched The Perfect Man. It was a segment where you did things you wouldn't normally do, like actual preparation. <laughs> A number of headlines, some of them from That's Life and Take 5 magazine. No, we didn't get Take 5 this week, uh, so they're all out of That's Life. That's if you're playing at home. And yeah, some and of we didn't get Zoo. <laughs> you're complaining about I it. And someone said to me today, it's only one ninety-five. go and buy it. <laughs> the principle of the show business. We're going to steal jokes from them. Some of these headlines have been made up by Ed Cavalier. Yeah, and your job, Tony. Marsland, yep. listeners, is to try and crack the code. All right, try one out on Marsland. <laughs> 
Okay, Rich. Yeah. First one. Okay. Believe it or not, my puppy can tell the time. Well, if you're talking about a Pavlovian response, I believe that most dogs can indeed tell the time in their own universe and what they consider time to be. Yeah. I think that is correct. I, mean, that, I believe that. I think that's true. You believe it in a Pavlovian sense or you believe it in the sense that someone sent a photograph? Oh, in the slide. The dead dog with a watch. Yeah, right. With a watch. Yeah. Not necessarily registering anything. Sure. Uh, $50 that got. Yeah. There's a subtext to this very segment tone. Mm. Can we get our listeners to sneak photographs into that slice? They win the 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. Give us a wink in the photo. We read them out on air. Yeah. Everyone's a winner. All right. Yeah, that's life. We've finished with travel. Hang on a second. So a dog that knows the time, though. I mean, that's just a dog with a watch. <laughs> What's your point? My dog always knows that it's 5 o'clock. Why? Because 5 o'clock is dinner time. And apparently it's always 5 o'clock. <laughs> Look, it's always pointing. It's wearing a watch. I can't read it, but pointing to it with one paw. Look at that. I've called the speaking cock. I've dialed it. Said schmackos or sausages. Either will do. The Channel 10 News theme. Staring at the fridge. Oh, oh. Hours on end. There's a crumb. There's a crumb up the back. And I could get, like, a coat hanger. I reckon I could snag it out. I'd love that. I'd love for you to come home. And the dog's got, like, an Italian job style. Set up. To get a crumb. Okay, tone. Ready? Yeah. I look like my cousin. I don't think that's true. That's just possible. Yeah. Unfortunately. Oh, hang on. It's just you. You look like your cousin. No, no, no. Somebody. I've seen your family tree. No. It's I don't look quite like it. possible. Uh, well, I don't look like any of them. Because you know. Th- so and here we go. We look like we just. It's these two girls. They've sent in a story, and it's apparently that this is the bit I like. It's a secret. It's oh. a secret that they look alike. Yeah. So here's a photograph. Oh. But keep it secret, everyone. Identical twin cousins. Yep. That's <laughs> what that a show. Wasn't that? Oh, that was Hayley Mills, wasn't it? Is that the old Hattie oh, Duke? No, no, Toby Gillis. Okay. Toby Gillis. What was it? They're, they're cousins. Identical cousins. You know that song? Yeah, carefully. Doesn't know what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Sorry. <laughs> You've even lost me. Mills. Okay. Toby Gillis. Uh, so, that, so that's it. <laughs> 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 Hayley Mills. Toby Gillis. Where am I? <laughs> no, Hayley Mills was parent trap. The original parents, right? Anyway. Great stuff. No, so now that's it. So there's two for you. Okay. What about our listeners? They want some action. Yeah. Oh, the prizes. Do we have the prize thing? I've got prizes. Wow. Too much music. Do we have the prize? And can I say that we've got a, a journalist in here today? Yeah, we have, Michael, because you were complaining we weren't getting any publicity. I know. Were you not, though? I was. Every day on air. I just like to complain I don't have a car. I like to complain I don't have a whole lot of suitcases full of unmarked bills. <laughs> It's our radio what a nice state. But do we have a prize? Liking Jake Wall. One of those annoying little upright electric scooter things. Ed Cavalier. 
triple three five three. Someone's going to find those hundred glass tanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, All right. right. So spoiler zone. We're ruining a film for people. What we're playing today is Cavalier's Believe It or Not. Some of the headlines Ed will read out are from Take That magazine. Take That no, magazine? No. <laughs> that would be a bad magazine. <laughs> That's right magazine. <laughs> Some of them are pure fiction. Mm. You could win. I'm hot. Well, oh. I, I guess it's a prize. Yeah. There's lots of good DVDs without a trace. People like Desperate Housewives. Don't tell me they don't, Nikki. Uh, neighbours, people love neighbours. They, they're, they're amazed at that new storyline with Pepper and and and, that, and her mother going first. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, mate. Believe it or not, I ate a computer. Um, yeah, I I'd go along with that. <laughs> well, incorrect, my friend. Dollar, <laughs> <laughs> Chris. It could well have been. Real, if you've seen that magazine. Uh, well, but you know what, Chris? Everybody gets a prize today because we have to get rid of these CDs. So, how about a copy of Without a Trace? Yes, that's better than neighbours. There you go. <laughs> What's going on in Brisbane today, Chris? Uh, not a lot, mate. I'm cruising down the coast, so yeah. Not wasting water, I hope. Oh, all the time, mate, all the time. Aren't you guys on level 11 by now? No, 12 now, yeah. 12. No crying. That's what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Have right. a nice day. Drive carefully. Who's next? Hi, Fleur. How are you? I'm very well, guys. How are we? We are excellent. You've got the toughest one, Fleur. Are you ready? Uh, can I say something quickly before, uh, before I get into it? Well, of course you can. I think Richard was singing the song to the Paddy Duke show. Yeah, the that's Paddy the Duke show. Yeah. Were they identical twin cousins? They were. I yeah. knew. How so? Like, how did that work? I don't know. It was in the 50s or the 60s or something. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know how I got confused with David Gillis is because it's the next track on the television's greatest hits one and two album. (laughs) (laughs) First record I ever bought. All right, we'll bring that up with (laughs) Triple M's 50 guys. They're going to be in later. Okie dokie. Are you ready, Fleur? I'm ready. I'm not winking. I love you. You've done well. Uh, you well, you get a copy of Law and Order SVU, which is good news. Thank uh, you very much. But listen to this. There was a girl, and she uh, she sort of had this wink about it in one of her eyes, and a guy yelled, "Stop winking at me!" And she went, "I'm not. I I, I, I can't stop it. I always do it." And they started going out, and now they got married. Oh, isn't that nice, Blue? Storyline for neighbours. Yeah, oh, that's a good idea. If you're having trouble snagging a man, a disturbing twitch may be the answer. I love how people get it right or wrong, still get the prize. Well, well, do you want these, Tony? Would you like to watch Desperate Housewives? Fair enough. Who's going next? Exactly right. Hi, Toby. How are you? Good, mate. How are you going? I'm excellent. Sir, you ready? I'm ready. We live in a canoe. That's my truth. It's not. Oh! In a canoe. I actually live in a canoe. See, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you live in Frankston. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, two, two canoes down here. <laughs> or if they're not staying at the Frankston International. Too much canoodling. Uh, now, would you like a copy of The Amazing Race? 
you mentioned the C word. <laughs> I didn't think that was allowed on oh, the big, big, big Brother. Apparently, did you see someone drop the magic on uh, Big Brother? But it was one of those ones where you had to play magic. That was old magic. That was there. The old new magic. But it was so quiet. It was one of those ones where you had to play it about ten times and you can't. Very self-deprecating, I thought it was. It was about himself. Which is, I think, is very reasonable. People still complain. You're not wearing a cape, I noticed, so Stuart. No, okay. Well, uh, well, I just sort of thought that, uh, you know, there's only so much I can bring into a room to prove that I actually worship around your wall. <laughs> oh, okay. And I thought the book was enough. <laughs> oh, the book! The book! In case you haven't uh, noticed, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there is a great book out there in, in space. Tony Martin, I haven't read it, of course, because <laughs> why would you open the cover? <laughs> exactly. It looks like a children's book hey, to me. Hey, Tony, I full of bell language. I am well, Ray Bramble, who works at a bookshop, and yeah. that they, uh, they get asked for it sometimes, and they don't have any stuff, and they don't know where to get it. We have to order it. Online. You can get it from hammcmillan.com. Well, I know there are seven copies at Borders and Chester in Melbourne. Did you sign them all so that they can't return them? No, I snuck into the humour section and tried not to be seen looking at my own book. Because all of my mates, they go in and they do these book signings. Everybody thinks they're very generous getting in touch with the people. But the rule is if you sign the book, they can't return them. It's the same. I went into a reading. A reading in Melbourne. And they had a stack of them. Can you sign some? And I signed five. And then I said, I'll do the rest. And they're going, no, no, no. And I all of them signed. That is so true. Hey, you're not wearing a cape. I can understand that, Stuart. A lot of people just well, say, I had a towel in my backpack. You definitely would have been out of it. Oh, well, yeah, if you've just been gracious about the people making it, but with a towel in your I think people assume we're joking, but I'm afraid. Maybe it's the way we're taking the piece. Maybe it's the lot not having this. Maybe it's the lot might just give cake from a miss. Just like me. Hey, you. Who, me? Yes, you. What do you want? Is that some kind of cake? Why, yes, it is. So what's the idea? It's something called cake. It sounds really well thought out. It is. What's more? We've gone and got a prize. That's not like you. I know, check it out. In a box of sand yeah. this For once Has got a proper prize So it's your cake But who's got a cake? Oh for sake A bartel will do I'll just roll it round my neck And once you're getting round in a cake In amazement They will gain On Triple M, I wasn't listening. I'll admit it, listeners, because I was having a chat with Stuart McGill. I'm on the cricket. 
<laughs> not, like, not like the ice. No, uh, I have not know. been on Dave the Cricket, okay? <laughs> I know the pictures look <laughs> like I'm on Dave the Cricket. But it's not you. <laughs> it's not <laughs> the show. I agree. It looks very much like it. <laughs> the program was <laughs> talking about the show, the cricket. Oh, right. You know that one? It's just always on. It goes for hours and hours. And it's on for three months and there's still not a winner. Here's what I know you from, Stuart. That thing, Australia's favourite movies on the ABC. You were excellent on that. Magnificent show that was. That was probably the peak of my television career. What were the uh, movies, though? They were very... Uh, Emily somehow made it. <laughs> top ten of all yeah, time. Lucy's favourite film. Yeah, she wasn't happy with that. No, no. Uh, yeah. Don, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Shawshank. We had... Uh, well, no, overrated film, film isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The Rings, part one, two, and three, made it to number one. People love uh, Shawshank Redemption, but it is based on the most outrageous coincidence in the history of movies. <laughs> what do you think about it? What, you know, I don't want to spoil the ending, so maybe turn it off if you haven't seen it. But based on the numbers in that uh, everybody's seen it three times anyway, okay. so go for it. All right, Tim Robbins arrives home, his wife's having sex with someone else. Mm. He goes out to the car and gets his gun. Yes. In the three minutes it takes him to go and get the gun, a burglar breaks into the house and kills his wife, beats him to it. That is the premise you of the film. You wouldn't believe it. But you, you don't find that out till like two and a half hours later, by which time you've forgotten the beginning and you're asleep. <laughs> but when you watch it the second time, you're going, hang on, is that? Maybe that's... He goes out to get... Yeah. The gun, that's probably why it's rented so many times because people fall asleep generally around the two yeah, hours. Exactly. And they've, got to, they've got to get it out again. Yeah. And the other question is when he fashions the tunnel and escapes, <sighs> how does he put the poster back up behind him? Mm-hmm. Think about it because it's a very tight tunnel. It's the best prison escape film is Raising Arizona. Oh, it's pretty That's good. as good as it gets. Yeah, it's escape from prison. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 did a pretty good job. Uh, Straight escape. Yeah, 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 yeah she, she did, did a good job as well. So, uh, Getting hold of the dummy. There's a couple there. There's, yeah, there's a couple of good ones there. I think Maggie Simpson. Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Okay. Prison, prison <laughs> escape movie. Stir crazy. I mean, there's a single one. There's so many to choose from. Did you have a great voice? That big fat bald guy, didn't you? In Stir Crazy. What was his name? The big scary monster psycho guy. Voice like an angel. I forget now. Yeah, no, Come on, you guys are supposed to be the movie buff. Well, I have to say, I've never seen Stir Crazy. Oh, and you just drop it willy nilly. I love Silver Street. Oh, okay, fair enough. Then, well, that means that you're you free. Feel free to mention Stir Crazy. Then I know the uh, you know the bad guy. And that was Patrick McGowan. Yeah, stuck his head out the window of the train, got it chopped off. That's not in a comedy. <laughs> That's one of the first decapitations in a comedy. I think <laughs> I think you're fine. Uh, were there any movies that you yourself thought should have been in the top ten that weren't there? Well, it's funny you should mention that, Tony. I, I think that there was a, a, a truly great peak of, uh, of uh, film shot uh, in the, well, late 80s, uh, Frog Dreaming. Frog Dreaming, yes. Australian film. Brian Trenchard-Smith, the director. Yes. BTS. Starring the uh, number 24 actor in the VH1's greatest child stars of all time, Henry Thomas. Oh, man. And featuring one of the most beautiful young girls ever to grace this screen. Who's that? Rachel Friend. Oh, you missus. <laughs> A.K.A. The Quest, A.K.A. The Go Kids. Look, pretty much in every country it's sold, it's known by something else. But my little boy hasn't watched it yet, and I'm just bought it. Just sort of oh, wow. Oh, yeah. be cool. I've never seen it. What goes on? Oh, stuff. Still great. Right. Right. I don't want to ruin the end because uh, based on the my favourite film numbers, nobody's actually watched it. <laughs> oh, there you go. But uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I haven't seen it yet myself. Now, Franklin Ajay is also in Stir Crazy. Oh, yes, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's great. Franklin Ajay also. He plays, and I'm sorry, I have to use the N word. Don't. 
I won't use it. The N-word general. In yeah, he does. In Deadwood. He does. Franklin is dying. Brilliant comedian. Mm. Pops up in weird films. Mm-hmm. Pops up in... Uh, Car Wash. Car Wash. Yeah. Convoy. Yeah. The jazz singer. And I asked him yeah, about that. Singer. The jazz singer, the, the modern one with oh. Neil Diamond. And he goes, I'm the only guy in the history of cinema to be thrown in jail for beating up Neil Diamond and be bailed out by Laurence Olivier. <laughs> Yes, I can retire happy now. And he's in the burps. That's very good. The comedy. comedy. Mm. Get, off, get off the internet, Ed. No. <laughs> the burps is one of those movies that starts with the Universal logo and then goes in closer and closer and closer to the planet Earth and all the way down and all the way down and into someone's backyard. Mm-hmm. Sounds easy now. Pre-digital, very hard to do. Is that right, Tony? Very hard to What, do. you have to build a model and, and stuff like the sign big enough to start <laughs> with? <laughs> it's impossible in those days. A Joe Dante? It was Joe Dante. Great film. The kids can do that shot now on their IMAX, <laughs> but it's those days. With Google Earth. It's those frog dreaming ears. <laughs> so, okay, why did you get chosen, Stuart, to do that shot? Uh, look, I'm not really sure. It's probably along the same lines as, uh, you know, why you chose me to be on this show, Ed. I, I don't know much about film. Look, I love no, film. Stuff. Well, I, I tend to spend a lot of time by myself in hotel rooms, and you know, <laughs> lots of the other films in the rooms don't have words, so it sort of gets a bit frustrating. <laughs> after a while. Um, so, you know, I've seen most things out, and especially when I was younger, I used to watch all of it. So. Oh, what ones did you like when you were a kid? Hey, uh, I'm actually a specialist on kids' films at the moment because obviously I've got a four-year-old, and yeah, um, yeah, wow. I'm actually sick and tired now of all these. I, I used to be a big fan of shows like The Simpsons and stuff like that that mm-hmm. were for adults, but were you know yeah, yeah. attracted to children. But now I've realised that the kids don't really, they don't get them at all. You know, I, I just went to see Meet the Robinsons and I, I just thought it was it was crap and my, my little boy didn't really know what was going on, but he thinks it's cool because we've gone to the movies. Yeah. Uh, too much stuff going on, he doesn't really know. Two days later we watched Curious George on the TV. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot more basic, very, very simple storyline, but he's laughing and rolling around on the floor, he <laughs> yeah. thinks it's great. And unfortunately, I'm singing along to Jack Johnson. <laughs> uh, in my week. Like that. It was the nicest film I've seen in a long time. When I was a kid, our favourite films were the Terence Hill and Bud Spencer movies, <laughs> which were from Italy but were redubbed. Yeah, in fact, the names weren't even Terence Hill and Bud Spencer, and it was just punch off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that sort of stuff. I used to watch, uh, you know, like, like the old westerns on the TV and stuff too. And, and yeah. Lost in Space was my favourite. Great in grade one. That was my first creative writing uh, piece uh, about Lost in Space. I, I love. What it. was your take? I oh, pretty much uh, plagiarised the uh, the opening sequence. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're six years old, you can do what you like. Absolutely eh? right. Yeah. They can't get you. They can't touch no. you. <laughs> our little girl uh, Penny is actually named after uh, oh. a, a character in in the rescuer. Oh. Uh, rescuers, uh, two little mice in the rescue aid society. I remember this, and then there was yeah, the, yeah. the rescuers down under. But yeah, and they get right. around on a gum leaf. <laughs> and one, of the, one of the mice wears a beret. They go and ruin it. You know, that, that's uh, now what's the mate? The, the, that's uh, I can't remember what her name is now. But the little girl that was being rescued by the two mice. Um, uh, she, her name was Penny, and my little boy came up with a name after I showed him the name. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's good. I know that if you uh, freeze frame the rescuers at one particular point, that's there true. is a hidden uh, pornographic scene in one of the windows. <laughs> that's the 38th minute mark. That's true. Oh, believe it or not, <laughs> in which urban myth? Rescuers, <laughs> Volume 1, released in 1976, 38 minute mark. Naked woman halfway up the screen. That's true. It's because in the old days, the animators could not envision the possibility of home video. They didn't think there would be any way to freeze one frame. Oh, it's all those old Disney cartoons. It's absolutely chock a block. It's short, but <laughs> <laughs> for one frame. 
be Dumbo, 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 short bus, Dumbo, Dumbo. <laughs> he slowed down. Oh, man, that's not funny even when you're talking no. about oh, it. Yeah. All right, we haven't talked cricket yet. I don't expect we will. Here again, this. Suddenly I see here get this on Triple M. Stuart McGill is with us. We haven't mentioned cricket. I'll ask my one cricketing question I've been asking. Your time starts now. Of cricketers for 10 years. Can you tell me an interesting story about you and Chatfield? <laughs> he died on a cricket field. Did he really? Yes, he is did. He did? His, no, his heart stopped on a cricket field. And ah. he was... Re- no, but stopped. Just from the excitement? No, he got hit with a cricket ball. Oh, no. And he was revived on the cricket ball. There you go. There's your interest in sack. That is a first. Who is the most boring cricketer at the moment? There you go. I'm still contracted. I'm not going anywhere near that one. No, that's unfair. Can I say who the most boring coach is? No, I can't say that one either. Right, let's get back on the movies. Man, you know a lot about the kids' movies. Oh, I love yeah, the yeah. movies. Oh, Stuart Little, they're watching that. Oh, they love Stuart Little, especially Stuart Little 2 has got an aeroplane instead of just a car. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's cool. What was your interesting Stuart Little fact, Mr. Marsden? Oh, I think the first movie was written by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, God. No wonder he's having nightmares. <laughs> Is there a twist at the end? Yeah, yeah, there should be. I think it must be one of those studio deals where they said, well, you can make the sixth sense, but you've got to write this one for us. Yeah. Well, yeah. something like that. Curious George screenplay is written by the guy that does um, Austin Powers. So <laughs> oh, really? That's why I'm liking it. I don't know, yeah. And it's got Will Ferrell in it, so, uh, the voice of. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, Will Ferrell, uh, he's, yeah, he's done... Uh, Pretty much every sport there is. He's got ice skating coming out, <laughs> and now he's filming one about basketball. basketball yep. Surely, cricket movie. Oh, God. Surely he can get down to his underpants so. in that. Oh, yeah, imagine the changing room shot. I could play an umpire in that one, couldn't I? Oh, yes, there is a cameo. Have there been <laughs> any good cricket movies ever? Yes, there is. Thanks for asking me all the questions I can answer today. Yeah. It's an Indian movie, it's called Lagan. Oh, yes, it's I've seen that. Absolute cracker. That's and it's one. well worth a watch. What's it about? Well, cricket, but what happened? <laughs> Are there any good cricket movies out there, Ed Cavalier? You know what I mean. Well, what what actually actually happens? Happens? No, you tell me what I mean. You me- I, what, what, okay, what I mean is what actually happens in the movie. Do you want his job? You can have it. Seriously. <laughs> a grizzled old coach who's been told he'll never work again gets a lot of misfits and ragtags together and they win that's for last. That's mighty ducks. It is, it's very true. <laughs> actually, that's a very good point. I can come out, Jerry. Oh, <laughs> cricket movies. Because, you know, one of the things I find odd is that we're here in Australia. People are football mad. Don't you deny it? They are. No, they are. Where are the football movies? There was The Club in 1980. Which is a great movie. There was that one, Footy Legends. Footy Legends. 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 Which one? Aussie Rules. But that was kind of like mm, it wasn't really a football movie. Yeah, yeah. football the, the great McCarthy back in the 70s. But <laughs> the game's most forward, full forward. The <laughs> one! <laughs> now on DVD. But they, I heard they're remaking the club. That might just be a rumour, but I've heard they're remaking it. There's a new drama coming on the ABC <laughs> about AFL. <laughs> well, well, I just want to get the haircuts right. Get, That's all I care about. I, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not eligible because I'm here doing no, this. No, okay. Yeah, Stuart right. has hit the nail on the head as a throwaway there. Warwick Kappa. Oh. No sign of Yobbo's up the guts. That <laughs> film he was making last year. No, Get him into the new club. Well, he's got to be in there. He's just looking for that serious role of it. You know, Frank Wilson. Remember Frank Wilson <laughs> having a chill in that film? Oh, club? That's one of the funniest things of all time. They can't stop that. Uh, well, look, it is surprising that they don't make more footy-based stuff. Mm. Sure. 
doesn't the time start going really slowly when you start talking about sports? <laughs> it does. All of us start having to think. Like, what do I know? <laughs> We're well aware of that clock. We've had it removed from the studio and blown up in the car park several times, but they keep putting it back. Uh, someone has rung up to say the fat bloke in Stir Crazy uh, is, oh, I can't even read this name. Oh, King Kong Bundy. King really? Kong Bundy. The, Wrestler, Mr. Oh. Superstar wrestler. Oh, yeah. He was uh, Hulk Hogan's original nemesis, wasn't he? Yeah. And then Andre the Giant took over from him, and then the Ultimate Warrior took over from him, and then uh, then they lost me. I think I turned ten. I think King Kong Bunny is now the governor of a of oh, state, probably. Yeah, what do you think it is King Kong Bunny? No, like, Ooh. Oh, King Kong Bunny was in Ed Wood, but I don't think he was in Stir Crazy. Oh, was this guy's bigger than King Kong Bunny? Did he play Tor Johnson in Ed Wood? Yeah, he did. Fantastic. I don't think it was. Well, it could be, well, maybe it was George the Animal Steel. No, you know who it was. He's a great hearing man. Huge We're in trouble. Okay, I feel we've lost everybody now. Okay. Let's get the listeners out and talk about what we really want to talk about. Benny, have you ever won a bet, a wacky bet? A wacky bet. Think about that. Okay. We'll play some messages and we'll be back with Mad Bets next. Triple M around the nation. Uh, we've got Stuart McGill with us talking about how he doesn't have time to watch as many movies as he'd like to because he's foolishly gone and had children. Oh, oh, man. Man. That's the way it goes. But the thing is, I get to watch some good films nowadays. Yeah, you're yeah. good. You're curious. Oh, look, we have had. We've got it wrong again. Our credibility is is severely on the line today. It wasn't King Kong Bundy in Stir Crazy. Four people called up to say it was. Well, yeah. Four of us got it wrong, so I guess they're yeah, 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 yeah. Who was it? I'm gathering the character was Grossberger. Yes, it was. Okay, and it was a guy called, who mm. passed away sadly 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but Erlen Van Lith. Oh, what is the Erlen Van Lith story, Richard Marshall? <laughs> he was an amateur wrestler and so on and so forth. He was also in The Wanderers and The Running Man is Dynamo. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But, and George the Animal Steel was in Ed Wood. No? Ed Wood as Tor Johnson. And the confusion may have arisen because King Kong Bundy was in Moving. Oh, now, now what we know about Moving is that Randy Quaid's in that yeah. and holds a hilarious business meeting where the only thing he brings is a baseball bat in a suit in a briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story right. about the way he does business. Great moments in cinema. Forget him. Put him behind you. We're talking mad bets. Why would we be doing this, Ed? Uh, because there's a guy uh, who, in England, who bet some uh, bookmakers when he was 90, 10 years ago, that he'd make it to 100. They said, as if he's on his last legs, trying to, they're all trying to pull the plug and you know, get him to take up smoking and stuff. But he's beaten them. He had his 100th birthday yesterday. He collected 25 grand. 
25 grand for making it to 100. And the bookmaker said, we've got to stop taking these bets. They're really starting to cost us. <laughs> How would you spend 25 grand at 100 years old? Oh, pen so that you could write angry letters. Night after all cross. Night after all Is that your recommendation? I don't know. I'm just wondering what turns on 100 year old. I don't know. Have you made any mad bets or won? I don't gamble at all being a sportsman. Surely the Australian cricket team, there'd be constant goading into foolish betting activity. No, mate, no, not not me, not no, not me. No, no, I'm not asking you about a serious betting You've got that look on your face, it's not a tribunal. This is the media right now. <laughs> Many bits. I think oh, it's mixed bag results. Uh, we uh, we well, we sort of played pretty well. Uh, team <laughs> effort. Um, uh, what, what else did we yeah, thank the boys? Yeah, yeah thank the boys. Very coach. Um, a lot of work was done before the game, of course. And uh, um, it's um, everyone gave 110 percent. 110 percent. I'm getting hot. I'm getting. My head's hurting. Media training. Stop. Where is that media training when you need it? <laughs> Surely there must have been a mad bit. Um, Greg Fleet comes on this show. He used to have a substance abuse problem way back in the 90s. And he would get money off other comedians by... He used to do it at the ESPY. He'd go, just before you go on, he'd say 10 bucks if you can open with a joke about... And he'd just make up a bizarre subject. Wow. He'd say things like... Uh, I'd be just about to go on and go, 10 bucks, you have to give me 10 bucks unless you open with a joke about Dr. Oliver Sacks, author of The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. <laughs> so you go out there, and I think I opened that time with, uh, I've just come from seeing Dr. Oliver Sacks, comedy act. It's hilarious. He opens with, take my hat, please. <laughs> and then this was the reaction. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and a bit of that. And then your whole act shot in the foot. But you saved 10 bucks. That's the reaction to an idol's next joke at the end of the film. Wait, so you don't have to, but then you have to pay for it, don't you? No, no, because I did. did, But it died. It didn't matter if it died, you just got to do it. If that's the best. Grant was asked back next week, huh? Imagine Lynn Flett. Lynn Flett, as he was advertised recently. (laughs) Mr. Marlon, surely you've done a mad bet. I'm not a crazy uh, gambling dude. But I had an ex-girlfriend <laughs> yes. who was so good at blackjack, and seriously, before if we were going to see a movie uh, and would have a spare 20 minutes, we'd say, let's pop into the casino, and she would go in with 50 bucks, and seriously, we would walk out with like 450. Yeah. Every she time? Good. She was that, yeah, she was an amazing blackjack player. It's kind of emasculating as well, because isn't it the girl who's meant to blow on the dice and yeah. Yeah, you know, give her the sort of good luck cleavage show and what have you, kind of hang off the shoulder? Has she made any money since she dumped you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, maybe. I keep on seeing her on the poker shows. But she was just amazing. And it's just kind of, because I have no idea what I'm doing, it's just kind of, you know, isn't that the man? Did you just have to hold the bag? Hold, hold the handbag? Hold the handbag. Be in my Enjoy um, a big night at the casino. I believe the most macho old man in the, on the planet, so I'm not going to give you a hard time, mate. Yeah. <laughs> the most idea of a tool shed's a seller. So there you go. The most macho bloke in this room, clearly. <laughs> what about our listeners? Surely they've been involved in a mad yes. Please, listeners, this is where I'm at. I know that you're out there. I know that you've nailed yourself for things for 10 bucks. <laughs> I know that you have. Give us a ring. One triple three five three. We were saying how uh, 
Yes, you were a bowler of some repute. Yeah. Some repute. Mm. And uh, we, the first time we ever met was at a cricket game. Where well, I bowled you first ball. What? The things you do for charity, eh? Oh, it was the charity <laughs> match. Yeah, it was. Thank you. And you're a known batsman. You're, you can oh, bowl you bowl don't be a batting. You can't bowl me out. <laughs> and uh, we're talking mad bits. And is there someone, a fellow cricketer? Yet? Yes. Uh, I'd just like to send out a little message. Wayne Holdsworth, <laughs> if you're listening, uh, why don't you give us a call, mate? I think you know what I'm talking about. What are you having for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> Weeny boy. I'm not sure if that story is better for broadcast. <laughs> Maybe we'll put it on the internet. Who's uh, been involved in a mad bed in Cavalier? Steve, how are you? Hey, good day, boys. Uh, I was up in Darwin a couple of years ago at the uh, Blue Healer Bar. Remember it very well. Yeah. Um, very, very late at night. It was about half past drunk o'clock. Yeah. And um, we're uh, chatting. We're watching the one-day game between Australia and Bangladesh. Yes. And Bangladesh were absolutely giving us a toweling up. Yeah, and it got down to the last over. They had five wickets left. They had seven runs to get with six balls. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the bartender being a, uh, oh, a bit of a big motor himself, he grabs a hundred dollar note, slams it down on the bar, and he says, oh, "I bet we win." And uh, fair thinking, oh, I thought this bloke's off his chops. So I, uh, I couldn't get me well in my back pocket quick enough. I just put that on my shoulder. So I've uh, put down the bet, and first ball up, they get a six. To- uh, scores are tied. Yep. He uh, flinged me the money. Got it. Got security there. Scored. Movie made out. We never saw the winning game. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, they hit the six and it was at that point that you noticed the colour of his skin. <laughs> and then we win, he was a Bangladeshi. Right? <laughs> he knew something. He knew something we didn't. So you got turfed out rather than get your winning. Yeah, no, no, we got our winning. Oh, you got no, we got it? No, it was the end of the night. We'd actually convinced him to keep the bar open a bit longer, but he chucked us out before the actual winning runs were scored. Yeah. Uh, with our money, yeah. This uh, is the danger of uh, performing financial transactions when it's half past drunk. A <laughs> we will our listeners learn. Hey, thanks, Steve. Hey, Luke, how are you? Luke? Hello there. Hey, Luke. What happened? Well, look, guys, this um, back many years ago when I was playing football. Um, I used to shut my uh, ankles before every game. Yeah. And at the end of the game, one of my uh, teammates said, oh, I bet you can't keep that tape on for, for the rest of the weekend. Right. And I said, well, look, I'll tell you what, let's make this uh, a bit of a bet and uh, let's see if I can keep it on for the week. Yep. And if I do, then you owe me a sub of beer. And if not, uh, then I'll buy you. And he said, well, let's make it a real bet and keep it on for three months for the whole season. <laughs> wow. Did you do it? I did. Yeah. And the, uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was two two plates of beer or a night out on the on the drink. And uh, so I got to the last game of the season, and I'd, I'd, I'd kept the tape on and, and saw that the crowd had come down to watch me. And uh, what had happened then is um, they got into disappearing act, and I ended up not with no beer, but uh, a very bad case of uh, no feeling in my foot. <laughs> <laughs> What a rip-off. And sadly, no prizes for calling us and telling us about it. So what was the the total amount of time you were taped up? Uh, Almost three and a half months. Three and a half months. Yeah. Well, you've got the Cascade Brewery in Hobart for that. (laughs) Thank you, Luke. Hello, John. How are you? How you going? Yeah, good, mate. You're bad. Yeah, it's pretty lame. I um, (laughs) (laughs) I just catch the train to school from... um, Foreman to Caulfield, it's in Melbourne. Yep, yep. And I, I made a bet with a mate that the city loop had four tunnels, mm-hmm. not two. And I was right and he was wrong. Yeah, oh, what did you get? And I won a set of BMX forks. What are the things like these days? As a commuter, do you find uh, are they turning up? Are the chronic people on the case? 
Uh, I don't catch a train anymore. I drive. Yeah, I was told recently it was just the pup and Billy was <laughs> doing, I think, the Etsy line. I promise the tank engine is more reliable. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Very reliable. Uh, uh, likes to chat. Gavin, how are you? Good, mate. How are you? I'm excellent, mate. Your bet? Uh, we bet my cousin $3.50 to jump off a bridge in Budgie Woy and try and bomb a boat. And? Ended up bombing the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody about that. Uh, <laughs> here, get this on Triple M. Stuart McGill is sitting in. Now, normally we'd sign off about here. We should do. And if we did, it would be the first time ever we'd run to time. Amazing thing. But we're not on this week. We've got a week off, so we're just trying to stack as much in value. That's what we're trying to give the listeners. Poker. Do you watch the World Poker Tour? I do. I like Do you poker. like that? Yeah, I like it. Do you like uh, Vince Van Patten and Mike? I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed with the Australian tables, though, because yeah. you know, the, the tables aren't set up right. You can't see the cards as well. Oh, really? No, no, no. no. Yeah. It's okay. They're getting there. They're getting there. Yeah. Game poker. You know, it's the commentators. They're not, you know, they don't have Vince Patton with his laying down the twins and branches. He's almost as good as the, uh, the, the, the narrator on uh, The Iron Chef. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 now they dump the voices, yeah. don't they? Do they? Delicious. No, they don't. Food, I've never eaten it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they dump them. It's a really excitable the guy, that, the guy that did yeah. monkey voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so accurate. Yeah. Yeah. They've obviously recorded the voiceover a couple of years later <laughs> in America, yeah. but the voiceover guy still goes, Mmm, yeah. smells great, doesn't it? I was on the World Poker Tour on the weekend. Have a listen. See, I thought... You couldn't hear Mike and Ben upstairs, but have a listen to this. (laughs) 
Let's go back down to one pit on Nick Bowman. Are you not in the space? I have a clock. I'm going to go over here and talk to him. He's going to show the law and a nanny grant to it on our building. Smile by the 21 year old. I'm going to go over here. Tony is the one to grab. Guys, would you keep it down out there? Tough decisions for Tony right here. Oh, come on. He caps his cards and you can see the strain in his face. Well, that's not adding too much pressure. Thanks for coming in, Stuart. Thanks for 
everyone in Boulder. I'm off uh, next. I'm not here tomorrow, and then I'm not here. Uh, obviously, we're all not here next week. But Rich, I've weed all over my chair and my microphone. And <laughs> it's fine. What's the ball? Marking my chair. Good luck. Oh, good luck. Instead of any something, problem again. It's just the usual. Uh, it's doing some acting tomorrow. So here we go.